Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning back into the program today. You can, of course, always find this content over at pathtozion.com and our YouTube channel, of course, here where you're watching now. And uh, reach out to us via email, won't you? Pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. And I just want to get right to it today, and I'm just going to be very honest. Um, I always try to gauge my level of of honesty, I guess, just to be simple. Um, and how, how, how bare do I want to lay myself out in a public forum? And, and so I'm trying to gauge that and and be wise. Um, but I'm just going to preface what we're going to talk about today from, from where I sit right now, this, this very second, it's a Sunday morning. It's, it's, it's nearing noon now. Um, and in all honesty, I'm just, a little disgruntled um, as a whole about all of our, all of us, um, us, the capital U.S., the people of Elohim, um, Christianity, Hebrew roots, um, even myself included, all of us, and our, our quickness to, to disagree, <laughs> our, our swiftness to stand up and say, oh yeah, well, but... And man, friend, I'm just telling you, we've got to be cautious of this. We've got to be so careful that that when someone presents a, a commentary towards a Bible verse or reveals their studies towards a doctrinal matter or a book or a video or a teaching or a sermon or a, a, a casual comment made in a conversation, friends, we've got to get to a point where our very first instinct and response is not to disagree as fast as we can. Now I'm saying that to myself as well and praise the Father I've I've been freed of that of that drive over the last several years of you know what I don't have even if you read me a Bible verse that's just simple black and white and I know it's black as sure as I know I'm sitting in a chair and you say it's white, friend, even if that's true, even if you present to me something that is just like almost borderline heresy, I should be able to be a reserved, calm, mature spiritual man that listens to you, understands why in the world you have that perspective, puts it into a process of discernment and thought in patience and kindness and gentleness, and respond accordingly in due time, if even necessary. And so I'm just, I'm just presently, admittedly, I'm just being honest. I'm just a little agitated at my little world of our eagerness to disagree and to set things straight. And well, you said that, and that that's that might be true, but you don't understand this or. And I'll just be honest, like I need to I need to continue to search my own ways and ask the Father to help me and repent and turn to him, as we're always talking about in here, the shoe of reality. I am riddled with things in me that have got to be laid down in humility so that I can be a better listener and realize that whatever is brought to me, I do a lot of Bible stuff 
thinking, commentaries that, uh, that I write and that I read and that I listen to and that I investigate and that I receive from others, welcome or, or unwelcome. Opinion is everywhere, friend. And listen, all of us are coming from a different level of understanding and knowledge and vantage points. All of us. I don't care if you have 30 copies of the Septuagint on your desk that you read every morning before you go to work. Or because you have a better commentary than I may have. Or that I might have a better understanding of, of some Older Testament texts that you just don't have any clue about. Friend, we are all, this is what I've been saying for the last two years. I say it with great regularity. If you know the program, you know this is true, that I say this all the time. All of us are deficient, deficient, lacking, understanding, knowledge, wisdom, truth. We all have parts. We all have parts, components of the whole. And only if we entertain and, and labor alongside one another, which is a, a major key that's lacking, we're not in true relationship. We just get on Facebook and we just say what we want to say because this is true and you need to know it, brother. We're not in relationship in most cases. Many of us don't see one another, don't sit at a table and converse like human beings. This just needs said. He has no idea what he's saying. He doesn't understand that text. Right? I've been guilty myself. We need to show some restraint, some patience, some kindness, some gentleness. Even when we bring correction, even when we bring any kind of admonition towards the body, which is, of course, necessary. Of course. We do that here. <laughs> I'll give the greater call-out assembly body of Messiah Church a, 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 a whooping many days of the week. We need that. <laughs> We're going to do that in measure today. That's okay. But we have got to do it in proper restraint, in proper context, in whatever dose is appropriate, in self-control, with the best-hearted intention that we can establish. So let that be a charge for all of us today all of us today, and which was a good segue into what we're going to talk about today, because this is, if there's a hot topic issue, this is one. And so let me just segue right into today's topic, which is examining abortion. And we're not going to examine abortion as the issue that it is, and, and like dissect it into a understandable issue by itself, but instead, as the title alludes to, we're going to look into the greater overlooked issue that the abortion issue is within, okay? It is within. It is a part of a greater overlooked issue. And so that's what I would like to uh, just stick my toe in to the all of the immeasurable thoughts that are out there towards it. Everybody's got an opinion, Everybody's got a side they're choosing, which is of utmost importance that we realize from the very outside uh, outset. All of this, all of this, all of this, please hear me, is to force you who are playing this game and living within the confines of the ways of the nations, they're forcing you to pick a side. They're forcing you to choose a team and stand up and fight to the death. And they sit back and they watch you duke it out. 
with great delight and glee because all of this nonsense working to perfection. And the body of Messiah is not exempt. In fact, she leads the way in eating the bait and entering thereby the trap of being engaged with the ways of the nations and nationalism-driven thinking. And so we're going to talk about that probably for a couple parts today. And if you can't take a, a, a perspective that is likely not your own, then friend, just don't even watch it because I don't want to instigate anger towards me or, or just what I'm going to present because it's, it's, it's not a popular opinion. So I just want to encourage you. And like, let's just say this. Just pause the video and pray. If you are a true believer in covenant, one who is all these things we could list and talk about all the time here, just pause and say, should I watch this? And we, we should do that with great regularity already. But just, Father, should I watch this? Is this going to be of something of benefit for me, or is this nonsense? Or equally asking, is this not for me because I just can't, I can't take it? I can't, I can't take hearing that right now. It's very possible one or the other are true. And I know, so I'm submitting this in humility the best, best way I know how. Um, and so let me just go ahead and we'll, we'll start this series. Two days ago, I'm out at work, and I begin getting uh, texts. Have you heard the news? I, I, I don't know. Well, number one, I don't watch the news. I, I'm, not, I'm not a news uh, ingester. So I, what? I don't know. What happened? Um, well, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, so I, I start hearing about this. Um, and so I just stopped and... And, you know, stopped in here. I'm working. I'm doing my business. But just like my insides, my, my inner man, I just, all right, Father, just like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to face this with people I know and love. And I don't want to hurt them. Um, I want to know what is true for myself. What, why? I'm a why asker. Why? Okay, Father, why? Why? And we're going to talk about this, my opinion towards this in this series. Why now? What what are you seeing, Father? You know all things. You you look down at, upon this footstool that is the earth, and you know all of our goings on, past, present, and future, Father. Whatever wisdom you would give to me towards this matter that I'm going to have to face because of just the world I live in, Father, give me counsel, wisdom, Lady Wisdom. I'm coming to your house, and I want to sit down. I want you to just speak as I sit in silence. What would you have me to know? Why? Now, this popped on my radar, what, not very long ago. <laughs> and that's going to be a point that we'll make as well. Not very long ago, when all this buzz started talking about, like, here's Roe v. Wade again in the news. Ah. Why in the world now? Why right now would this show up again? It seems very random. It just seems kind of out of nowhere. Um, and if you don't watch the program, if you don't know me personally, I'm not political. Um, I don't choose sides. I, I don't, I don't, to the best of my ability, I don't run out onto the field of the game that is being played. I don't show up. <laughs> um, many people think I'm foolish. I'll be taken advantage of and have the wool pulled over my eyes. Um, my perspective is very much different than that. I, if I don't show up on the field, I don't play according to the rules of the game. 
You understand what I'm saying? If I'm not engaged in the game, I don't have to live according to their rules because I'm not playing. I'm not showing up, y'all. There's a game being played, and it's black team, white team, and they're duking it out. But you know what? Hey, I'm not coming. I'm over here sojourning to a kingdom that I can't see yet, that's yet before me, like those who preceded me, to the best of my ability. And in all honesty, I know I'm still somewhat engaged by by life in 2022. I'm not ignorant now. I'm not like exempt from everything and I'm just living my own life. I'm still within the stinking confines of the governments of men. I know that. I'm not ignorant. But by 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 life daily life um, function, I don't engage in all the nonsense and the noise. I just don't. Um, deliberately. It takes a lot of effort. <laughs> but I do, however, although I'm not political, I have a lot of opinion. I have a lot of convictions. Um, but I share them with very few, and it very seldom really the guts of myself, of, of who I am, really doesn't make it on here much, although people might be surprised and think that it does. It's very, very incremental that makes it out. But I do ask a lot of questions. So towards this Roe v. Wade overturning, I'm asking the Father and I'm praying, why now? Why now? Um, and, and with all that's going on in this specific political climate, which is no different than it's always been, this is just the today version of it. Why now? Why in the world would this issue show up now? Because I don't just sit down to eat whatever I'm fed. I just don't. On, on either side. <laughs> so with this in mind, I'd like to share some things. Um, some of my concerns of, of, of how I see, for the most part, evangelical Christianity and other believers behaving towards this. Um, it is my vantage point. Friend, you are entitled to your opinion and vantage point. We all are. This isn't about who's right and who's wrong here. This is about, like, I'm turning. <laughs> I, I'm Okay, so this looks like this is a controller for the lights. So, so this looks like this from this vantage point, and everybody can see it. This is what is presented to you. Look. Look. It's easy to see, brother. All I'm saying is, I'm asking, can we turn it a little? Same thing, same device, a different vantage point, a different perspective. That's all I'm saying. It's the same thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, can we turn a little and talk about this greater overlooked issue is what I'm my desire uh, to present. You don't have to agree with me, um, but I would ask that you would consider. Just please consider what I'm going to present. And, and I want to say this to begin with, and this is not to harness your attention. Oh, 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 hey, everybody, come in the room. We're about to hear the word of the Lord. Man, I, 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 I literally almost get physically sick when I see these, these self-professed prophets of the hour and the American flags and the bald eagles flying behind them with holding the cross and the clutches of their talons. <laughs> telling us what how God's ready to bless America. Everybody, buckle your seatbelts. Oh, I'm serious. It, it makes me ill. I am not doing that. But what I am saying is I am confident that on the other side of beginning to get these texts and, and hearing about the Roe v. Wade um, overturning, 
I kept hearing in my spirit, I hope that we know what this is like. This should not be like, oh, what? That, that's just strange. What? You hear? You hear the spirit say things to you? Huh? <laughs> Mysticism or something? No. I kept hearing Ezekiel 12. Ezekiel 12. It happened once while I was working. It happened again on my drive home. It happened when I got home. In the fourth time, because I'm, I've learned to be patient. I've practiced to be patient. I'm not going to just run and, oh, hey, get the recorder. I'm hearing the word of the Lord. <laughs> Thus saith Yahweh Elohim. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ezekiel 12. And the fourth time I was home, I said to my wife, I said, and this is, I'm just being honest. Is there an Ezekiel chapter 12? <laughs> because if there is, I keep hearing it. And of course, I know later verses within much later chapters in Ezekiel. But in that moment, I'm like, you know, I'm wrestling with my own, um, I don't know, lack of confidence. And like, I feel like I keep hearing hearing the Spirit say Ezekiel chapter 12. Yes, of course, there's Ezekiel chapter 12. So I looked it up and, and I read it, of course. And interestingly, it starts out with this. The word of Yahweh Elohim came to me, Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, you live in a rebellious house, who have eyes to see, but they do not see, ears to hear, yet do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Now, this rebellious here is Meray, or Meri. Uh, it may sound familiar from Meribah, um, grumbling. Okay, if we know the Older Testament at all, grumbling, bitter, and it goes on to, to uh, mean disobedient and quarreling. Now, we could, we could park here for a long time, and, and disobedience is the, the seed, if you will, the, the root cause of quarreling and, 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 and bitterness, and it's all interrelated. And we, we know the account of the, of the children of Israel, and, and like this was a defining characteristic for them, and in many ways we are no different. Um, and so disobedience and their bitterness leads to quarreling and grumbling, and in, in this prophecy that comes through uh, the prophet Ezekiel, um, there is a rebellious house that he lives amongst. And, and without getting into all this, and, and I can't make this four hours today, it just goes on where, where the prophet is told, you know what, son, pack your bags, literally. Like, prepare your baggage and get out. Uh, sojourn out. Leave. Um, leave these ones in the rebellious house. Um, where there's grumbling, bitterness, and disobedience, and quarreling. Um, the house is rebellious, prophet Ezekiel. Go. Get out. Um, <laughs> and so let's just stop here for just a minute, because just reading this chapter's introduction, I realized, of course, in light of when I heard this, this reference, how fitting it is for this hour. Um Yahweh goes on to tell the prophet again, you know, to exile out of this bitter and disobedient house. Um, calamities and judgments are pronounced over and over in this, in this chapter. All for a purpose, though. There's a purpose, as is always in Yahweh's ju- perfect righteous judgments. The purpose was to bring the house, the rebellious house, to a place of knowing that Yahweh alone is Elohim. It would say this and then also that, 
they might know that I am who I say I am. It's not just, you know, judgment and correction just for the sake of of judgment and correction alone. It is all to lead the rebellious house to a place of humbling themselves before Yahweh Elohim and realizing he, in fact, is the Elohim of Elohims. Now, chapter 13, interestingly enough, moves right into condemning false prophets um, that only prophesy, one version says, from their own inspiration, um, which I would like to address, but I don't feel I have liberty to do that today. So we'll keep moving. Um, But friend, we live in a rebellious, bitter, and disobedient house. America, okay? America. And I'm going to set a table here uh, of thought for you to consider. And I I am amazed, and I'm not using that word like to be uh, uh, dramatic. I am amazed at how many people I talk to, like in real life now, at a table or or in a any setting that's just casual, and as well as what I see online, of how how so, how so many believers have a have, have this strange, fascinating, and I mean that word rightly, fascinating. Um, inability to see the dangers of this nationalism-based identity. Now, I understand it from like a broad umbrella approach of if you are merely a patriotic Christian American that does not understand biblical identity and the grafting-in principle and the full gospel that is through the two-house understanding, then I'm still learning and adding to my life. I'm in very early stages of understanding that myself. But if, if I understand that if that is your identity as a political, um, patriot, Christian American, well, of course, then, yeah, these things are going to land in a place that's different than a sojourner and a Hebrews 11 man or woman. I get that. Um, but And so <laughs> what I want to talk about for, for a couple minutes is we live in a rebellious house here, America. We're not godly as a whole. We're talking as a nation now. A nation is a nation. It is a, it is, we're one nation under God, right? It's not a true slogan, but I'm saying if that's what we're talking about, if that's the slogan of America that many Christians do believe in, we're one nation. Okay, well, if we're one nation, then all of the components of the one are very, very Diverse, very mixed, which is a point we're going to get to. We have forgotten that it's not our America. This is the verbiage we hear all the time. Well, we're really America, and they're not. Okay? (laughs) No. We have to establish from the very beginning, we're talking about one unified nation in the sense of we are all here together in the confines of a temporal governmental authority in the United <laughs> yeah, United States of America. And so I'll, I'll leave that there, and we're going to come back to it in much greater measure. But again, I'm just kind of in, introducing what we're going to talk about. Now, I was born the same year that Roe v. Wade was, was uh, instated. The landmark decision was made in 1973, and that's when I arrived here on the earth. Um, I've had friends who have had abortions back in 19... 19- 89. Um, I was a waiter at a restaurant and a girl that was a close friend of mine um, that I had known for years. She was a waitress there too. 
and she had an abortion. And I remember the night she came to work the same day that she had had it done that morning. And I remember watching her. I remember she was just, the whole shift, she was just teared, teared up. The whole shift, that whole night. And, and I don't claim in any way to understand. I know other individuals who have, who have experienced that. I do not claim to know in any way what that is like and, and what that does to a person. I, I don't claim to, and I'm not even going to endeavor to try to, okay? That's not my point here. But I'm saying is there is, a, there is an understanding I have of the severity and, and what it is and, of course, what the act itself is and how it is. It's not just like an atrocity and God hates abortion. Friend, it, it, it may, I'm sure it makes his heart grieve to, to a place that we can't understand. And I want you to understand that I'm saying that. I'm not lessening what the act of abortion is in any way whatsoever. It is an atrocity. It is, it is something that should cause us great pain and hurt as people who, who have been given that new covenant heart that we talk about all the time, because I'm sure the Father is, is just I don't even know what word to come up with. He is just beyond saddened at this ongoing termination of life. Life now. Okay, so please know that I'm not like in any way to try, trying to lessen what abortion is and has been at, on any level at all. Okay, um, so I'm just saying I, I need to say that from the very beginning. Um, now, just for a few moments, and then we're going to wrap this up and begin another part is I want to examine both sides. Um, one will be pr- primarily brief um, because it's a side that I don't know much about because if I were on a side, I'm not on this one, okay? And that's the pro-abortion side. And, and this is, if you'll give me time, this is hopefully, if the Father's kind, this will all make sense by the time we culminate this series. But So please just kind of wait for that to kind of all come together, these these different parts to form the whole. And so I want to examine both sides. We're going to talk about the pro side here for just a couple minutes before we wrap up part one um, of the greater overlooked issue within uh, abortion. Um, so, so again, I don't know much on purpose. I don't, I don't need all this information to cloud my, my understanding and, and muddy up my desire to labor to hear what the Spirit's saying towards all these matters. Everybody tells me, well, the more you know, the more you'll know what is true and what's real. I'm like, I don't, okay, so the more poison I drink, the more I'll understand how to be healthy? Oh, no. No, that's different, right? (laughs) It just came to me just there. I'll have to remember that one. And so let's examine both sides again briefly on the pro side, because this is a side like, whoa, my gosh. Ugh, I don't even understand that one. I can't even figure out how they land there other than we're just given over to depravity, um, as we know the Bible says will happen. So this pro-abortion side, I, I went over because, again, I felt the, the liberty and freedom to look into this, and I felt like Father wanted me to just put my thumb on it for uh, a few moments. And so I went to the Planned Parenthood website. Um, because towards this matter, I felt like I was to gather some information about it and be educated a little more than I have been. Um, and, and it was interesting, you know, I had a picture of several women that popped up on the entry page and with little, you know, just bullet quotes below them. Um, one was a woman standing there and she looks semi-smiley. 
I had three abortions and I'm not ashamed. Um, another one said, her little quote underneath her, having an abortion was the easiest decision that I ever made. There were t-shirts there. There was a shop. And so I'm like, there's a shop? There is a shop where I can buy pro-abortion paraphernalia? No. I'm naive on purpose towards these matters. So I click, and you can find a, a shirt or a, a coffee mug that says, Abortion is Healthcare. And I was just, I'll be honest, I was like, oh my gosh, we, uh, we are in a bad place here. Here, okay? Here, in America, where Americans that form the nation as much as you or I believe in this manner, okay? Um, but on that side, the pro-abortion side, and we're, we're setting the table here, there's constant hypocrisy, um, <laughs> riddled with doublespeak to no end. Uh, when it comes to mass now, the same side would say that, that, that I don't have the right to determine what to do with my body, like verbatim. Like, you can't do that. you gotta, you got to mask up to keep me safe, for me now. Um, you, you can't make that choice. You don't have the right to make that choice. Um, but when it comes to the abortion issue, um, they say, of course, to no end, well, you can't tell me what to do with my body. This is my choice. Um, so in other words, I have a choice, but you do not. And then, of course, we know... Uh, uh, an infant would understand that this is just mere hypocrisy. Now, I watched a couple of videos of interviews um, post um, Roe v. Wade overturning because I'm like, well, what are people saying? Like, what's the, what's the what's the vibe? What's the heartbeat of this uh, presently? And, and of course, as expected, they're interviewing these people, and they're just some of them are like undone. I mean, are they actors, you know, because, like, call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever. Are they real people? I guess it really doesn't much matter. But what was being portrayed, at the very least, and if not real people, they were just appalled. They're, they're weeping. Like, I can't believe. Like, what are we going to do as women? And the, I mean, I was literally like, <laughs> it's not funny, but I was literally like, is this, is this for real? Are these people having meltdowns on national television because they can't kill a child now in the womb? Ah, it was just, it was very, like, my mind was like, I don't even know where to put this. Women crying, people angry, you know, we can't take this. Um, strong language, atrocity, a vile violation of, of our rights. How dare they do this to us? And my point, and then we'll bring this to a close for today, for this episode. As much as evangelicals don't want to talk about this, these ones, these, those people, they are citizens of this nation as much as anyone else. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be. So don't put me into that camp because you hear me come against that thinking all the time. They need to get out. That's right, Joel. Get them out of here. No, I'm not saying that. Easy. I'm saying, and what this is the whole premise of why I'm even turning this on to record this this topic, is on the other side of the Roe v. Wade overturning, the national issue at hand, the national problem is still here. It remains. Okay? It remains. I'm not at all trying to be a downer. 
I'm not. I'm not trying to spoil the party. Or, you know, I've seen all these images of, you know, babies coming up to heaven. And now, I don't know what it even really means. Jesus is releasing them into the earth and heaven and the pearly gates. And, you know, angels are flying around. I don't really even know what, I don't really understand what Christians see in this. Um, from that perspective specifically. And, and, I, and I believe that before he knew me, he formed me in my mother's womb. I, under, I believe all those things. <laughs> but there's just, I don't have words, I guess, to properly explain my concern with the, the Christian, for the most part, belief system towards what's happening right now. And we'll go into this much greater uh, measure here before long. But the national issue, the greater overlooked issue, is still here, friend. Nothing's just, like, fixed now. Am I thankful that that there will be children that will likely come into the world now and have an opportunity to live that, that maybe couldn't days ago? Yes and amen. Yes. But, friend, I mean, let me say this, because I could talk, I'm finding I could talk about this for days. But, friend, what are they coming into? What world are they coming into, friend? Am I Okay, I have to be so clear because people will email me and comment on things that they don't understand and that they mishear. So please hear me. Am I saying it's better to abort a child than to have them to come into this horrible, lawless world? No, I'm not saying that, friend. Please, please don't say I'm saying that because I am not, and I want that to be clear, and I have to say it. But what I am saying is we have to understand the severity of what we are saying. Instead of just putting cartoons of babies being released down into earth from heaven, from Jesus' flowing beautiful hair and his big white robe with rays of sunshine shooting out of it. Friend, there is much to do now. There's much to do now. Church, are you going to adopt these children? Are you going to care for them? Are you going to take them into your home? Are you going to counsel their mother? who is strung out on drugs, and their father who's abusive and wants to take them to the back room and beat them, are you going to love them? Are you going to give your life for them? Or do you just want the babies to be alive? Save the babies. Save the babies. And I'm sorry I'm being hard. It's just I feel like someone has to say this. Okay, body of Messiah, what will we do, though? What now? What now with the babies that will be released into the world that wouldn't have had a chance to live two days ago? What will we do? Will we care for the orphan? Will we love them? Will we lay aside our life to allow them to have a life that comes into knowing Messiah? Or, will, or do we just want them alive? These are greater issues. These are overlooked issues, friends. The evangelical movement just wants to say, let the babies live. I'm pro-life. Put the sticker on my car. Pro-life. Well, there's a whole lot more to pro-life, friend, than just letting babies live. What about their mother? What about their father? What about their home? What about their grandparents? What about their living circumstances? Will we do anything about that now, or do we just want abortion that is just bad, do we just want it gone, so that, well, we humbled ourselves and prayed, and now God's going to bless our nation. Oh, man, all that rhetoric I'm seeing so quickly. Blessings coming. Blessings coming because what we prayed for has come to pass. 
Blessings are coming to America. The prophets are already starting to say it. We've prophesied this. We've prophesied it. Blessings are coming. Trump's coming back now. And it, all this, and see, all this stuff is just connected like this stream. Oh, man, it's a dangerous, a dangerous stream. I'm at 36 minutes already. Friend, I'm sorry. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be agitated. And if I am, I apologize. There's something about this that just, I feel like, resonates in me to just, again, say, friend, would you please consider, consider another vantage point on this matter of abortion. And we're going to talk about the, the, the anti-abortion side coming up next in part two. And I'm just going to be honest, because if you're, if you're still watching, and if you're going to watch part two, I'm going to warn you now, I am going to come down hard and heavy on the Christian evangelical American ideal. I'm going to. Because someone has to say, this is not right. In the sense of, we have got to examine ourselves and look at what we're doing and what we're saying and how we respond to these matters, like the abortion issue. So, there's a lot to discuss here, friend. There should be, there should be very, there should be a lot of dialogue on the other side of this ruling, more so than cartwheels and rainbows and butterflies. There should be, okay, all right, what, what now, Father? What now? What now? How do we love these children? How do we love their mother? How do we help them? Because many of these children are coming into horrible circumstances, friend. Horrible. What will we do now? Church, what will you do now? Evangelical American, what will you do now with these children? If we mean what we say, then we need to do something. What will it be? And I hadn't even, that's not even in here. That's just something that I feel like we've got to talk about that as well. That too is part of the greater overlooked issue. But the greater issue is on, on an on a, on a overreaching umbrella level, we have not even touched yet. So we're going to have to get to that. Maybe in part two. I don't know. <laughs> Friend, this is a heavy topic. I, I understand that. I understand that. I understand it as much as I can. But I would like to talk about it. And if, if you're willing to engage in, in this and then you know discuss it with me from your vantage point, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com and with your congregation where you are, with people that are intimately acquainted with you and your life, to have this conversation, to look across the table in someone's eyes and say, we need to, yes, we need to talk about what now? We need to talk about these matters. The complexities within a black and white issue. Okay? That's that's what I'm wanting to present right now. We're going to dig into the anti-abortion side. And I'm just going to present some warnings, some concerns towards that that, that many people I've, I have found over... And I looked into this even 10 years ago. Many people in evangelical Christianity have no idea of the the undergirding support system behind the abortion issue and how it became what it has. And so I'm going to shine a little bit of light on that for anyone who is who is interested to learn and to know. 
Why? So that we can be pleasing the eyes of our Father and do our part, our tiny little part, in establishing His ways, His kingdom here, now, um, in this age that we live in. That is very dark, yes, but His light is more than sufficient to guide our way and to help us find His path and walk therein. Um, and we will look ridiculous doing so. It will not fit into the governments of men. Um, I'm sure most of you know that by now. Um, and we are all learning that in greater measure in this hour that we live in. You've been watching the Path Design podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Go to pathdesign.com and uh, we will be right back. I want to get right back to part two of this series right after this. Amen.